Welcome to the Pope on Film. I am Bunny Williams, and with me is. I am the Pope in question. My name is Reverend Steve. I'm the founder of the Church of Ed Wood, which is an actual thing worth a Google. It is episode 295 of the podcast. Yes, yes, Little Lebowski Urban Achievers, and proud we are of all of that. Uh, this is a good episode. Really excited about it. I've got yeah, some we, very excited. We really need to talk about this week's movie. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, uh, about this week's movie, let me tell you a story, Bunny. Uh, you know, when I was a kid, a guy in a big van drove up to my school and asked me if I wanted to get into his van and see his baseball card collection. I said yes without a second thought. Yes. So I went into his van, and that's when he showed me his big, huge collection of baseball cards. I had a wonderful time. I'm glad that I trusted this creepy stranger in the van. Yes. Uh, one of my favorite parts of the movie is when the the mom sees the monster and tries to hit it with a bat, and the bat breaks, and the dad runs up yelling, "My lucky bat!" <laughs> I I I just I love that so much. I I really like this movie, but still, what the fuck? <laughs> but also, it's stupid. Yeah. But also, I loved it. Yeah. But also, it was dumb. But also, it was great. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll get to that. And uh, it just needs to be talked about. Yeah, and uh, and also, somewhere hidden in this podcast, I've got a huge twist: a Shyamalan. When is it going to happen? Act one, act two, act three. Who knows? So be on the lookout for that. Surprise yeah. Shyamalan, come and get you out of nowhere. So be prepared for that. So, okay, let's get to it. Buddy! Yes! So the other day, I was on Twitter. Uh, and some random person, who I, who I barely know, but some random person posted a picture, a challenge... It's not a challenge. And it was uh, give me a topic, any topic, and I will give you my top five. Okay. And the guy, he's the guy, he's a big wrestling fan. He said, uh, do it, you punk. And I took that as a challenge. So I figured since he primarily tweets about wrestling that I'm gonna give him a swerve. Yes. You know? So I thought long and hard trying to come up with a good challenging topic for him. And I came up with one and I thought it was such a good such a good uh, challenging topic that I decided to ask it right here at the top of the podcast. So, Bunny! Yes? Question for you. Putting you on the spot. Question time! Okay. Are you ready? Yes, I am. 
What is your top five Daves? My top five Daves. Yeah, out of all the Daves, what's I, your top five? Uh, I, I'm going to go Dave Thomas. Do they have to be Which in order? one? I don't, I don't, I don't know what order these are in. Uh, SCTV's Dave okay. Thomas as the Beaver. Oh, okay. Okay, good. Good, good, good. Just making sure. Uh, and then I have to go with Dave Foley, Kids in the Hole. Uh, I, I actually now that I think about it, I have to go with the other Dave Thomas as well. And Wendy's has okay. gone to shit since he's died. Uh, I gotta go with Dave Chappelle. Uh, I do like Sh Dave Chappelle, but it also has to do with I'm running out of Daves. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, your list and my list are a bit similar. Yeah. Because there's only yeah. so many Daves. Can you think of any other Daves? I can think of Davey. Uh, Davey? Does I, I Davey qualify? Yes, but not Goliath. No. Okay. And, and how about Jones. David? Yes, of course. That that also counts. See, now I'm stuck between David Jones and David. I'm going to go. Okay, okay, okay. I'm going to go with David Bowie. Because David Bowie's name was originally David Jones. But it was taken by Davy Jones, Davy Jones, yeah. Whose actual name is something else as well. So I yeah. think by picking David Bowie, I, I absorb more than just one Dave. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, that's a pretty good list of Daves. Thank you. You know. Well, I had so I had a, I had to call my lifeline. Yeah, let me let me share my list of top five Daves because I'm I'm pretty proud of my list. Uh, David Letterman. Yeah. Uh, uh, David Bowie. Uh, the movie Dave. Yeah, I, I that crossed my mind, but I've never actually seen it. <laughs> it's it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Uh, Dave Thomas, the Wendy's Dave Thomas, because that's how good the Baconder is. Yeah. And Dave Chappelle. I also have a list of honorable mentions. Uh, Dave Foley, the other Dave Thomas, uh, Dave Batista. Okay. After, I believe he may have done some wrestling. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know wrestling. Uh, David Attenborough. And uh, David Tennant. There we go. Nice, yeah. See, I got to, I, yeah. you said Dave, and I just got stuck in Dave mode. So I went for yeah. Dave's first. Yeah. I did not put uh, wrestler Davey Boy Smith. He's not on the list. 
Cause he's fuck not, him. Yeah, he's not even in the honorable mentions. That's right. Yeah, so I think that was a good list of top five Daves. That was fun. Yes. Hey, if you're a Dave and you're watching this or listening to this, give yourself a hand. Yes, okay? please. Good oh. job being Dave. I've only known one Dave my whole life. I've only known a single person named Dave. I've only I've only ever really met one other Steve. Really? That's, yeah. I don't know where all the other Steves are. That's odd. Hmm. Anyway, so that's it for for our top five Daves. Really proud of that. And 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 cut on that. Biting. Yes. Okay, so I think this next bit is effing hilarious. Uh, admittedly, I don't know if anyone else will find this in any way funny, but. I find this absolutely hilarious. Okay, so here it is. Do you remember Moby? Uh, yes, kind of, sort of, like, like, but I, I'm not completely clear on what the fuck he ever did. A bald techno musician of 2005, 2006, yeah. 2007. Uh, I, I recently have seen him in a stupid meme. Well, last Tuesday he went on Twitter. He went on the Twitter and actually thought, in the middle of a worldwide pandemic, a global pandemic, with over 2,700,000 people dead worldwide, Moby thought, this is a great time to tweet the following tweet. And this is what he said. No, cat. No, no, no. I don't think so. Uh, so Moby tweeted this. A reminder. Yes. In a vegan world, there would be no pandemics. <laughs> Hashtag vegan for life. Yeah. And I love that so much. A vegan blaming a deadly pandemic on non-vegans is without a doubt the most vegan thing a vegan has ever veganized. <laughs> Moby went so vegan that I actually binged can bald people go super saiyan? <laughs> like, is the hair like a conduit to your super saiyanness but there's a hole there's a there's a there's a flaw there's a hole in Moby's logic and and the problem here is if everyone was vegan who would vegans tell that they're vegan yes this is true because that's the reason you become vegan is that you can then Tell people how to vegan. Vegan is the Mormonism of food. Yes. I hate it when the vegan missionaries show up to your door. You open the door, hello? It's like, hi, I'm vegan, and then they walk away. I, I, I would really have a, a bit more respect for vegans... If I haven't seen so many just fat vegans. Yeah. 
You know, like, yeah. like okay, this is certainly not a healthy alternative. Absolutely not. You're trying yeah. to sit, you know, you're trying to sell me here. And just the fact that after you've been a vegan for a while, you literally cannot digest beef anymore? Like, how is that a good thing? I've always seen, I've, I've never, I've, I don't think I've ever seen, like, a big bulky like I've never seen a fat vegan no it's it's always like some very frail person who does yoga yeah they have to do yoga I've seen quite a few pudgy vegans yeah pudgy vegans yeah and 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 I, I've heard it's because, like everything they're they're using is like all oil based. Pudgy vegans. That's a very specific fetish. <laughs> yes. You into ah? It's 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 a bit weird. Try me. Okay. Pudgy vegans. Pudgy vegans. Pudgy vegans. That's fun to say. And, and it's like vegans. Maybe, maybe you're not doing this right. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Oh. Either that or drive-through is vegan. Guys, maybe that's a good question. Hey, honey. Just because you guys aren't wearing masks, even if you guys keep it that close, one of you needs to be on the other side. Honey, I have a new fetish. It's pudgy vegans. It's my new thing. She gave me a thumbs up. My wife is super supportive. (laughs) She's super supportive of every crazy thing. And I also like the idea that, like, I can't, I was thinking about Moby and his veganism, and I started thinking about, like, oh, there's a pandemic. Well, if you were vegan, then there'd be no pandemic. I think that, like, when you've reached the Super Saiyan level of veganism that Moby has reached, that this is the, this is the answer to every problem. Like, oh, your car's not working. Well, if your car was vegan... Well, here's the thing, though. Do you not realize... Then your car would be working. Did he say that? Yeah, he tweeted this week, a reminder, in a vegan world, there would be no pandemics. Hashtag vegan for life. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, but here's the thing. You realize he's saying that he's... the fact that people think a bat... People yeah. ate raw bats. Yeah, yeah, no, it's 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 deep. It's inherently racist. It like like it's like that's such a problematic that's such a problematic problematic tweet that there's a part of me that thinks like oh shit maybe maybe Eminem was right maybe we should have been bullying him back in like two thousand five. It's like, I apologize, Eminem. Bullying <laughs> Moby was the right thing in retrospect. Tasha's job, reaction. <laughs> Tasha's reaction. You shouldn't have called it an F word, but... 
Tasha's reaction okay. kind of sums up what a friend of mine tweeted back. And that was, please don't make me stop liking you, was his nice. reply to Mooby. And so when, Tasha, when Tasha first started talking, she was like, well, okay, but, oh. And like just the disappointment in in her in that sound was exactly you know that comment. You just called Moby Mooby, and I just came up with a great concept for a Mooby. It's, it's like a Moby cover artist, but uh, we redo Moby's music to focus on how great it is to eat meat, and yes. that's Mooby. Yes. And just a lot of milk being poured on people. My reaction. Um, <laughs> I'm not upset. I don't even know. I, I was about to say Moby's face is problematic, but like. Right. Oddly, while while not looking like Mitch McConnell, he still does look like a turtle. Yeah. Yeah. Very much so. Absolutely. Like yeah. Moby's walking down the street mm. and Moby turtle, sees. Turtle. What what's in that movie? Yes, uh, Master of Disguise. Moby could essentially. Moby has spent his entire life cosplaying as the guy who's trying to get into the Turtle Club. Master of Disguise. In uh, fact, in fact, he looks like the turtle that Dana Carvey played. A hundred years ago. Yeah. You yeah. remember him with the bald cap and, and the turtle outfit? I forget. Oh, yeah. I, I, I don't know if it was a movie or if it was Saturday Night Live. Yes, it was. That's what I'm talking about. Master of Disguise. Oh, is that it's what one it of the is? worst movies of all time. Yeah. They filmed that scene the day of 9-11. Okay. They filmed... They're like, oh my god, planes have crashed into the World Trade Center? Horrible. That's 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 atrocious. Okay, I'm gonna get into my turtle suit now. Yes. We're gonna do the turtle club scene. Today, 9-11. So really, there were a lot of crimes that happened that day. Yes. <laughs> So Moby's walking down the street. He sees a girl. If you want to go there for a second, if you want to go there for a second, man, the fucking biggest crime there is like every fucking reporter was trying to get the line. You know, they were trying to get the line that would be remembered from 9-11. Like, oh, my God, the humanity from the Hindenburg yeah. and, and other disasters that just had a line that went in it usually from one of the reporters. That's is, that is what was really getting to me about 9-11. It's like, fucking knock it off and report the news and stop trying to get fucking famous off of it. Yeah. Uh, what pissed me off is that I worked at the bookstore on 9-12 and we opened at 9 
we we opened at 9 a.m but we had to be there at seven to start shelving things so i arrive at 6 45 and there's a line of 40 people to get into the bookstore and i'm wow. like why are you all here why are you all here waiting to go inside the bookstore and they're like oh have you heard newspapers are selling for for like five hundred dollars i'm gonna buy ten of them and it's like oh okay well fuck all of you <laughs> all of you you all suck huzzah so so Moby's walking down the street and he sees a girl crying and he goes, "What's wrong, little girl?" And the girl goes, "Well, I was I had a balloon, but the balloon flew away." And Moby goes, "Aw, calm down, little girl. You know why the <laughs> flew away? Because uh, your balloon eats meat. Oh. If you're Vegan, it would have had the strength to hold on to your hand, but it did not. Hashtag vegan for life. And then he kicks the girl in the balls. Look, let and me just let me just Moby out. Let me just give my quick word to my vegan friends. I don't think I have any. But anyway. <laughs> Look, I'm doing everything I can. I'm having a fucking hamburger. Leave me the fuck alone. I don't even give a shit if you think it's immoral. I'm sorry. Fuck that. There is more than enough on my plate giving a fuck about humans. Okay? Cows, chickens, pigs, all of that, I'm sorry. They're going to have to hold their own for just a little while. Okay? It's difficult enough. What? It's difficult enough. Uh, it, it, hold on, I remember that we haven't tested the sound. Uh, it's difficult enough. Everything sounds great. Oh, that sounded awesome. Yeah, that sounds really, really good. Yeah, everything is sounding good. Everything sounds great. Oh, that's sounding. Yeah. Okay. Nice. The sound sounds good. Good. It's the end of Act One, but we tested it. Hooray! (laughs) I I posted in the group, but I don't think anybody's in the group right now. Yeah. You know, just to ask how it was sounding. Yeah. Okay. So, cut on that. Uh. Uh. Uh, cut on Moby being a vegan. Funny! Yes. We've still got a full show to get to. We need to talk about Alex Muffet. We need to talk about cocaine. We need to talk about um, the fact that we saw a movie and surprisingly, Lloyd Kaufman did not have a cameo because this isn't a trauma movie. Oh, well, well. All right, I'm, I'm confused because you'll do a cameo in anything. Yeah, I was just I, like this movie's uh, budget and special effects and acting and writing really made me look for Lloyd Kaufman. Yeah. Oh God. I, yeah. Don't, I don't necessarily mean that as either a diss or a compliment. It is what it is. What it is. It but, had a. It had a. Bit 
oh, like, and I can't put my finger on it because, like, it, it, I, I hear you, okay? It yeah. did, yeah. but it didn't, you know? Yeah. It, it yeah. gave me a Toxic Avenger vibe. Yes, yes, very much so. While really not having very many similarities to the Toxic Avenger at all. Yeah. Yeah. It just had a vibe. Yes. Yeah. Totally understand that. So we have there a movie. Was, there was no rape. Yeah. We have a movie that uh, that we're chomping at the bit to hopefully even eventually get to. But before we get to any of that, maybe we should take a break. Should we take a break? We should take a break. I concur. We will be right back with more. Which means of I should the be po- doing something right now. Yes, Sorry. prepare for the thing to go yes. thwomp. Okay, you got to prepare the thwomp. Okay, I- I'm preparing the thwomp. Good. We Go will be. Are, are you ready? You got the swamp. Okay. We will be right back with more of the Popon film after this. Do 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 do, and that's the thing. Everybody, it's me, Mr. Steve. Well, it's Thursday. How's your Thursday doing? It's totally Thursday and not Saturday after my Raising Little Leader story time and I'm going through a story time marathon to make my week easier. Look, I'm in a different outfit. Anyway, today's video is a strange one. If you are familiar with this channel, you know I make a lot of references to pop culture and I use a lot of little clips here and there. And so this is a short compilation of some of my favorite clips that I use during storytime videos. Some of them you may have seen before in other videos. Some of them you may have seen a bunch of times in other videos. But it's a fun little video that you'd enjoy. Woo! I'm Michael Jordan. Stop it. Get some help. Life, uh... Finds a way. Imagination. Bum, bum, bum. Got any grapes? <laughs> Not funny. Thank you for being a friend. Travel down the road and back again. Mr. Steve is recording this theme song so he doesn't get a copyright strike. And if you threw a party, invited everyone you knew. Oh, wow. 
You would see the biggest gift would be for me And the card attached would say Be sure to like and subscribe to, 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 to. Hi, it's Vince with ShamWow You'll be saying wow every time you use this towel This is called foreshadowing. Foreshadowing happens when clues in a story hint at future events. Roll the cheese! Advising lawmakers, I can see he had... Would you like to see my dog? Come here, Fido Spot. Bark, bark, woof. I am dog. Bring me bone. Only bone shall sustain me. Sam, I am. Would you like green eggs and ham? Would you like them over there? Or would you like them over here? Would you eat them in a box? Would you eat them with a fox? Would you like them in a house? Would you like them with a mouse? them you will see you may like them in a tree would you could you with a goat would you could you in a boat I could not like them those green eggs and ham I cannot stand them Mr. Sam, I am. Would you, could you in a car? Eat them, eat them, here they are. How about in the rain, in the dark, or on a train? 
drops are falling on my head Just like the guy whose feet are too big for his bed Nothing seems to fit Those raindrops are falling on my head They keep falling so I just did some talking to the sun I said I didn't like the way he got things done Sleeping on the job Those raindrops are falling on my head They keep falling But there's one thing Thing I know the blues they sent to me won't defeat me. It won't be long till happiness steps up to greet me. Raindrops are falling on my head. That doesn't mean. My eyes will soon be turning red Clients not for me Because I'm never gonna stop the rain By complaining Because I'm free I know it's the sun. Now, by my mother's son, that's myself. It shall be moon, or star, or anything I list. Ere we journey back to your father's. Go on, get the horse. There's seriously something wrong around the world. His name is Sam Fear, master of the pan flute, that magical instrument with the unforgettable sound. Now in his magnificent all-new collection, Sam Fear plays the world's most beautiful melodies. Some fear. 
way into a world of haunting, tranquil beauty. Your best loved melodies. Richly orchestrated in some fierce all new two record treasury. But remember, this magnificent collection is not sold in stores. Please stay tuned to order. Use your credit card and save COD charges by calling toll-free 1-800-421-2000. Or, to save all additional charges, send check or money order for only $12.98 for two albums or two cassettes, or $19.98 for two compact discs to Zomphir. P.O. Box 8449, Atlanta, Georgia. Remember, that's Zomphir, P.O. Box 8449, Atlanta, Georgia. Live fast, die young, leave a good-looking corpse. You just make sure you come back next week. And we're back with more of the Pope on film. Funny. Yes. Are you ready for another exciting episode? Another exciting installment of Funny Versus, America's favorite podcast segment. Are you ready? Are you pumped? Are you amped? Are you jazzed? Are you psyched? Are you caffeine free? Are you ready and raring to go? Are you pumped up? You got your pumped up kicks, Bunny? Are you ready to rock? <laughs> yes. Was that a okay? Yes, good. I am. Well then, without any further ado. It's time once again for Bunny Versus, and now here is your host, Bunny Williams. Take it away, Bunny. Wow, I am sorry, but I, I just have to say I am really impressed with this week's fucking show already. It is sounding awesome, and there is like like really limited lag. Yeah, and I haven't even shown my penis yet, so... No, so there's that to look forward to. Episode so far, you you know? know? On the break, I go in, I have a cigarette, and I watch it from the group on my tablet. Yeah, I got that. And if I don't lose my mind, or forget to bring a device to watch it on, or I'm as high as fuck... And forget what's going on. <laughs> yeah. Then I'll, you know, I'll, I'll pick a time when I'm watching it when I know I have to get back in there. So I was like, okay, as soon as Zamfir comes on, because I know Zamfir is coming on. Yes. Then I'll go back in, and I probably won't be too terribly late. Yeah. But by the time I got out here and looked at the at the streaming screen, 
it was pretty much the Zamfir commercial was pretty much where I would expect it to be if it was just playing on two TVs you know what I mean like you walk yeah. from one room to another you, you kind of know where the next spot is you know yeah. yeah. So there's there's like I mean if there's lag it's only a couple of seconds. So that's yeah, kind of no. cool too. Yeah, this episode's doing pretty good. Kevin Shook says that this week's movie is a goddamn delight of a movie. Yes, I saw I saw that and I need to talk to I need to talk to Kevin. I would really like to get some of Kevin's stuff uh, to get in on these breaks. That yeah. would be cool. So I don't know cool. what he's got, if he's got any stand... Because he's... I don't know if he's still doing it, but he did stand-up locally for a while. Oh, nice. So, I also know he, he had his own podcast for a little while. I don't know what happened with that. Uh, but anyway, how are you, sir? Uh, I'm doing good. I'm doing pretty good. I, uh... I went to the drive-in last night. Okay. That was a lot of fun. Last week, uh, Natasha and I went, just the two of us, for my birthday, and we saw National Lampoon's Vacation and then the reboot from 2016. It was a double feature, and it was a lot of fun. And then this weekend, they were playing Back to the Future 1 and 3. Okay. And I said to everybody that, on one hand, I would absolutely love to go see Back to the Future. On the other, at a drive-in. At a drive-in. Yeah. On the other hand, seeing one and three drives me insane. Yes. And emotionally. And I don't know if I can buy a ticket to go and see Back to the Future one and three. Hey, here's Back to the Future. And now, a bunch of fucking cowboys. Like, I don't know. Yeah if I could handle that and it's like I'm not going to buy a ticket to go see that and then literally the next day uh, my daughter Emerald is is doing school she is uh, taking a bunch of film classes and her, her uh, film professor said uh, oh and by the way uh, this weekend uh, you and your guests can get into the drive-in for free Yay! So, uh, uh, my two youngest went to go spend the night uh, at a relative's, and I took all of the teens. So it was me and Emerald and Amber and Bella, and just the four of us, and we went to the drive-in, and we saw Back to the Future 1 and 3, and it was a lot of fun. And, uh, and then this Wednesday... I'm headed about an hour and a half away from where I am now to go and see Kong versus Godzilla in IMAX, and if King Kong wins again, I'm gonna fucking riot. I, I, I'm I'm going with some some theories that I've heard. I'm really thinking that it, it's they're gonna do the classic superhero thing. King Kong and Godzilla are gonna fight for a while, and then then. Mecha Godzilla is going to show up, and then they're both going to have to fight Mecha Godzilla. So you know, that's that's what I'm expecting. 
Yeah, they're they're gonna, and then and then. I don't. I I'm sorry. I I love Godzilla as much as everybody, but I don't like all the dissing on King Kong that I've been seeing going out there. Fuck you, people. He was the goddamn first, and he was made out of clay. Yeah. Uh. So so I'm really excited about that. I might actually go to the movies another time this week because. A movie just came out just in theaters, and it's um, Bob Odenkirk starring in the film Nobody. Okay. It's like an an action movie, and it looks absolutely amazing, and it's only in theaters. And I don't know, sometime this week I might go and see another movie. Well, you're you're safe to go out now, aren't you? Uh, I am about a week and a half away from getting my second shot. Oh, okay. But I'm comfortable with the fact that, like, I have gotten the coronavirus, and I've survived, and I do have antibodies in my system, and I've gotten one of the shots, I'm about to get the second one, and it, and even when there wasn't a pandemic, no one was at my local goddamn movie theaters anyway. Yeah. Even okay, but just think about it this way: even if there wasn't a pandemic, there's never a reason to be more than six feet <laughs> closer yeah. to another fucking human. Yeah, especially when there's big ass movie theaters out there. Yeah. There's no for any of you to be sitting within sneezing distance of me. So yeah, I, so so uh, even even on a good day, humans suck keep away from them absolutely so I'm happy about that Uh, 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 Emerald last night at the drive-in took her dog Sketchy to the drive-in and that was nice it's a pet friendly drive-in and uh, it was the second time that Sketchy's been to a drive-in. The first one was at the Sacramento drive-in back in California, so that was neat. No, we brought her to the one where the uh, mini golf. Oh, we, so this was Sketchy's third time at a drive-in. Oh, nice. We brought her yeah. mini Sketchy's an old hat at the drive-in. Uh-huh. Sketchy's like, woof, I got this. Woof. So I don't that's know. Fun. I, I can't remember. I may or may not have taken animals to drive-ins before. Like it yeah, feels, this one's like really it f- feels really familiar, but I don't know if it's necessarily my memory. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So uh so something happened this week and I wanted to mention it and um it was really funny to me at the time, but I was also extremely high. Okay. So now that I'm not high, this is less funny. But I figured that things might cancel each other out because you might be high. Yes. I'm good so and high. This might be... This might go back to being funny. Anyway. But I, so, I might want to prepare a little, just a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. So I will. Uh, uh, so so here's what happened to me this week. Okay, so I took an edible, and then I went about my day, and then I'm like, I should take another edible. And then I'm like, wait, when did I take the last one? I don't remember. 
but I'm sure it was far enough away. I'm going to take a second edible. So I take a second edible. And then like an hour later, I'm like, oh, finally, the kids are in bed. I can finally take a bath. So I take a bath. And when I'm in the bath, of course, I put uh, 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 weed bath salts in the bath. So okay. I'm just putting like hey, weed. Uh, it's Jaden. Oh, it's Jaden. So I'm just putting weed on top of weed on top of weed at this point. And so I'm I'm reaching levels of mellow that I've never reached before. And my mind has just completely checked out of the building. And so I'm I'm in the bath and I'm I'm scrolling Twitter in the bath and I'm scrolling and I'm scrolling and I'm scrolling and Twitter goes, Steve, wait, Twitter goes, Steve, wait, we need to tell you something. And I'm like, okay, but I'm scrolling. Yeah. I'm scrolling here on Twitter and this is making me comfortable and I'm liking doing this. So uh, I can't stop. And Twitter's like, no, but we've got news. We've got pertinent information that you need to know. And I'm like, okay, fine. I'll stop scrolling. Twitter, what do you have to say to me? And Twitter says, Steve, it's SNL cast member Alex Moffat's birthday. (laughs) And I just think, why do you think I need to know this information, Twitter? What am I going to do? With the knowledge that it's Alex Moffat's birthday. What do you celebrate? What do you do on this most holiest of days? I don't know the ritual. Oh, and, uh, Alex Moffat. Oh, but I can still pick him up. So what am I supposed to do? Am I supposed to dress in my Moffat outfit? Am I am I supposed to <coughs> Am I supposed to make a Moffat cake? Don't let that cat out. Jaden, don't let that cat out. Don't let that cat out. Am I supposed to put up my Moffat tree for Moffat Day? I'm so confused. I think think they're trying to... Was it Bill? Bill Moffat? No, Alex Moffat from Saturday Night Live. Okay. It was his birthday today. They wanted... And Twitter wanted me to know that. Twitter is trying to build up an Alex Moffat fan base. And okay. here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I never miss Saturday Night Live. I watch yeah. every episode of Saturday Night Live. I am a huge fan of Saturday Night Live. I watch it all the time. That being said, if I went to Costco and they stopped me in the front and said, hey, you're going to be the contestant in our brand new game show. We will give you $500 if you can find actor Alex Moffat from Saturday Night Live who is hiding somewhere in this Costco. I'll be like, how how much time? Because I don't think I can do this. Okay. And they're like, we'll give you 20 minutes and we'll give you $5,000. And it, I would say, 
Can I get more time? <laughs> Maybe, cause or or another cast member. I can find Melissa Via Senor in the Costco in like five seconds. Yeah. I can find Bowen Yang in the Costco. I'm not finding Alex Moffat. <laughs> So so I come out of the bath and I'm telling Bella all of this and that's when it hits me that like I'm incredibly high because I've said the name Alex Moffat like 50 times in her face. Yes. And she's like, who, who does Alex Moffat play? And I'm like, exactly. What character does Alex Moffat do? He He's famous for that one character. Alex Moffat guy. Alex Moffat guy. <laughs> So then, so then, uh, Bella wants to know who Alex Moffat is, so I bing Alex Moffat. Because I don't Google things, I bing things. Yes. I'm assuming that Bing also shares all of my information, but when it when you talk about search engines that share all of your information, you're talking about Google. So uh, binging things makes me feel better. So I... I so I Google Alex. So I Bing Alex. Okay, Moffitt. wait, 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 wait a second. Before we leave this, I, 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 I've always appreciated your stand on that. But we're really kind of fucked when we're fighting against the man by using a Microsoft product. To be fair, I also sometimes use DuckDuckGo. Yeah. It's difficult to say. So I duck, duck, goad it. Yeah. It just needs to be shorter. Yes. But sometimes I also duck, duck, go things. So I bing Alex Moffat. And it gives me pictures and videos. And on the right, there's a Wikipedia article. I feel that Bing proved my point. Cause here, so I Google Alex Moffat, and here's what it says on Bing in the results page. Alex Moffat was an American football player, coach, and official. He played college football at Princeton University from 1882 to 1884 and was known as one of the greatest kickers in 19th century football. Alex Moffat isn't even the most famous Alex Moffat (laughs) in a goddamn search engine. So why didn't Twitter anyway? I was really high when I went on my night-long Alex Moffat rampage, but I wanted to bring it up on the podcast. Okay. It's Alex Moffat's birthday this week. What did you do for Alex Moffat Day? Well, see, I, I, was, I was thinking completely differently. I was thinking way more conspiratorially, in which Twitter has plucked out Can we even give him D-list celebrity status? I don't think so. Okay. So, somebody who was on TV and and fell into obscurity, Twitter is now taking them and trying to build a fan base for them. Yes. Okay. Now, once the fan base gets big enough... 
then Twitter will release some information about why he failed. Gotcha. Therefore, fracturing the fan base. And yeah. it has to be something fairly egregious, but not too egregious. Because we just want to fracture the fan base. Therefore, making yeah. Twitter relevant. Ah, gotcha. It's a, yeah, no, it's a big massive conspiracy. I hear you. I hear you. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, so I bet it, his mom didn't remember it was his birthday. <laughs> Alex, which one is that? Uh, crap. I think I remember. Oh, wow, Maxwell, look at that. Okay, but he I lost a... track, man. Did you go to the drive-in or not? Huh? Did you go to the drive-in or not? Yeah, no, I totally did. Me oh. and Emerald and Amber and Bella, and we all went for free. For Back to the Future? Yep, one and three. Yeah. Yeah, they should and have gotten it... two and just uh, did three movies. I would have watched one and two. I would have paid to go see Back to the Future one and two, but one and three is just weird. Yeah. Especially since three is all cowboys. Like, like that's that's freaking weird. Yes. I think two is a much better film than three. Three is just a letdown. And then Emerald had only seen bits and pieces, so I have to explain, like, okay, now there's a different uh, girlfriend... Let me explain the almanac. Okay, so there are hoverboards in the future. Yeah. yeah. So that was fun. Yeah, so that was my week. How are you doing, Bunny? Pretty good. Pretty good. Um, played around with the Frost Giants some. Didn't really do anything of note. You know... Yeah. Got the fucking sound working. Uh, but also Windows None. was bitching at me to upgrade. So I let it upgrade, which I really hate doing, but it, it, it might have solved a few problems too. I don't know. But happy with, yeah. it, how, with how it's going. But now for Shap. Okay. So you don't use Photoshop, right? Nope. Not at all. What is it that you use? Uh, some website. It's like pickphoto.com or something to that effect. I just, I just find a photograph that I took, and then I take it to this website and add fonts to it. Uh-huh, okay. If I want something really photoshopped, I give it to Emerald. Yeah. Okay. Well, then, then. Gimp. Yeah. For Shap, pick out whatever pictures you want to go along with the Shap you're talking about. Send them over to me with a note for what order they should go in. I'll set up the screens like. It'll take a minute. Two yeah. minutes. You know? And now we know how you can remote in remote in and click the different screens. 
Yeah. So you could just go shap one, shap two, shap three, whenever you're ready to put up any of, any of that particular picture. Yeah, gotcha. So it could be a more... And I'm not saying that you have to do it, but after the cow tools, it seems like it was something that you wanted to do. But, um... Cow tools! No. <laughs> um, oh, let me tell you. Taking, taking teenage daughters to the drive-in, that's cow tools. Yeah. Yeah, that is cow tools. <laughs> yeah, I, sh- I should have done that this week. But I forgot. But then it would be more Daily Show, John Oliver, Seth Meyers, anybody on TV lately. Yeah. Who does this sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And then you could just click through them when you're ready. What is this week's shap? I've got a good one. I've got a good one. It's about um, about a few things. It's about France. It's about uh, vibrators. It's about a French novelist. It's about a pope. And uh, there may or may not be a swerve. Uh, I'm trying to say things about this week's story without giving away this week's story, which is very uh. difficult. But... It's a good one. It's not long, but it's a it's a powerful one. Well, how about this? If as a lead-in to Shap, which would be like your little closeout to Bunny Versus, you give a clue about Shap that is the most arcane part of what you're talking about. I'm going to get chloroformed. Yes, something like that. Yeah, yeah. I'm really excited about getting chloroformed. (laughs) That's that's a big part of this week's chef, is me getting chloroformed. Also, hold on a second. Okay, Maxwell, come here. Maxwell's... My son Maxwell has been waiting to do something for a while. So, uh, okay, go for it. Bunny. So, this is. You get more in the center and then get closer. Uh, hi, Bunny. Hi. I just finished. Okay. Uh, I just finished building this set. It's a giant robot. It has nice. a saw, it moves. You, you basically built a Jaeger that you can use to fight the kaiju. Cool. Legs move and pick it up. There's this little tiny robot dude. <laughs> so, so a robot is piloting the robot? It's basically a giant suit. It's like a giant robot suit for a robot? Like this is Tony Stark. This is like Iron Man and yeah. this is his Hulkbuster. No! That's like R2-D2 wearing inside C-3PO. Well, it reminds me that when I was a kid, I had a toy robot called King Ding. Hmm. 
and he was a pretty sizable robot and he would be able to walk and things like that but King Ding had an elevator and in the elevator was his brain which was a smaller robot who like I think only the arms could move maybe the head could move I forget very limited toy he was but you used to have to bring him into the elevator into King Ding's domed head and then King Ding would be able to walk around and move its arms and shit you're obviously making all of this up <laughs> also Bing it baby <laughs> King Ding nice Maxwell thank you for sharing that with everyone you're Oh, and now Eleanor has something that she would like. Okay, well, well, try and hurry it up. Okay, show one thing that you wanna show. Uh, Bunny and Bunny versus. So, so when I was at the store, I. You were at the store. So I got this slime stuff. Okay, show it, to everybody. There you go. A prize in it, and I looked, and there was a red octopus. In it. There was a red octopus in your slime? Yeah! Cool! <laughs> it's a toy. It's a toy. Alright, you go. I need to I need to talk about the uh, chloroform. Okay. She she's so she is really getting to be like just a little kid now. Yeah. Yeah. I am she, so close she, to understanding she's, what she's talking about. <laughs> She's getting closer to being a human. Yeah. Which which we're all excited about. <laughs> okay. No locking her in the cage at night anymore? Not anymore. Good. Not anymore. Good. Good. So, let's head on over and find out what the shap is going on. Yes. <laughs> so, un so until next week, this is Bunny Versus saying self-adhesive tape? Yes, please. Very nice. And cut on that. <laughs> yes. If you're like me, you're no doubt a big fan of this podcast, The Pope on Film. I mean, who is it? Who is it in this in this era, in this day and age? Who isn't a big fan of this podcast? But only the real fans, the true hardcore fans that have been with us since the beginning. Only they would know the two main facts about the both of us, the two fundamental and totally really real and not made up on the spot facts about the both of us, America's hottest will they or won't they couple, Bunny and Steve. First and foremost, Bunny, is the fact that you, when you're not doing the podcast, you have a very successful OnlyFans. So tell us, Bunny, what end subscribers expect from your OnlyFans account? Uh, they like to see what designer bikini I may be wearing. 
And thank you very much to the fashion industry who has who has lent me uh, certain bikinis and different patterns. Um, I did not know Armani made a bikini. You know that was kind of news to me, but but yeah, they that that's one of the big things they expect me to do. Uh, they also expect me to push unusual objects into my anus. Those are the two big things. But you got to do it for the fans. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You got to do it for the fans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Totally understand. And the second thing. I don't know what the problem is. Dr. Zayas fits fine. Nice. I always welcome a Dr. Zayas reference. <laughs> I, I, and the, it crossed my mind that I had to go there because it referenced so many things on so many different levels. Yeah. And the second fact that you would know about me is that I'm a lover of history. I love it. But I'm also a storyteller. So what I like to do at this part of the uh, podcast is find a story from the history books, maybe one that people don't know very well, and reword it via my own unique storytelling style. And that's what this is, another educationally uneducational installment of Steve's Historic Approximations! Dun, 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 dun. Or SHAP, as I like to call it, repeatedly, annoyingly, whether anyone wants me to or not. Personally, I like this, uh, I like the name SHAP. It's short, uh, it's in your face, and it gets to the point. It's the My Cat of podcast segments. (laughs) Today, on the old Shappity Shap Shap, we will be discussing the Pope and his favorite brand of cocaine. Because if there's one thing that everybody knows, it's that the pontiff is always sniffing snowballs, taking bathroom (laughs) bumps, snorting speedballs, saying hello to the white lady. The Pope must be really good at playing pool because he's always going on and on about eight balls. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, my peace be with you, my peace I give to you. Does anybody see that helicopter? I swear to God, that helicopter, it has been following me all damn day. All damn day. Oh shit, it's the feds! Altar boy, flush the incense! The feds are here! So... Uh, oh, oh, uh, I've got one more. Hey, man, look, I, I, I just need a little bit more powder to get me through the weekend. How much do you think I can get for the hat? Yeah. I mean, it's a big hat. Yeah. I should get a little bit. So, yes, uh, how did a pope become the spokesperson for cocaine? Well, it all starts in 1863 with wine and a chemist. So here is the story. And I swear there's no twist endings to this. Okay. Everything is by the book and normal. And, there, and there's just a regular ending and certainly no twist. So 
back in the day, there was a chemist in France. His name was Angelo Mariani. And he was obsessed with the leaves of the cocoa plant and its effects. Because four years earlier, an Italian science scientist wrote a scientific paper and it was all... Uh, hey, so there's a disappointment. I'm not. I, I don't know if I can sustain that accent, but it's like, hey, uh, we've discovered this plant in Brazil, and uh, when you grind it up, uh, a powder, it makes you happier. It makes you upbeat. It gives you more energy, and it makes the aftermath of the Lufthansa heist a lot more exciting. Yes. Uh, uh, hey, Eric Clapton, when are you gonna give lyrics to the end of Layla? Yeah, uh-huh. you know, they're just piano, spice it up, you know, let's get some lyrics. I started writing lyrics for a Godzilla musical in my head. And so I, I, I'm, I'm not sure if a lot of people know that the original Godzilla theme actually had lyrics. Uh, I would like to sing some of them for you now. The original Godzilla theme song went like this. Holy shit, holy shit, holy shit, it's fucking Godzilla. Holy shit, run from here, run from here, run from here from fucking Godzilla. Godzilla, he's going to kill us all. Holy fuck, holy fuck, holy fuck, it's fucking Godzilla. Holy <laughs> shit, holy shit. That, that's originally how the Godzilla theme went. So nice. fun fact for you. So in France, Angelo Mariani was obsessed with the cocoa plant and he was doing experiments. He was seeing what he could do with it. And finally, in 1863, he's done. And uh, okay, so he's a French guy. So he's like, wee wee. Hey, I present to you. And just to be clear, I if you're French... I'm just assuming you have a rat in your hair that's controlling everything. <laughs> Possibly, yes. So the real question here is not, hey, Angelo Mariani, and he's working with cocaine. The real question is, why are French rats obsessed with cocaine? <coughs> real question here. True, good so, point. Angelo says, I present to you my greatest uh, creation. I call it Vin Mariani wine. It's the great taste of French wine with a special ingredient that I call just fucking cocaine. It's cocaine. This is cocaine wine. Okay. I invented cocaine wine. But see... This is why I love this story, is because we're talking about the 1800s, okay? And in the 1800s, this was the time, which I love, when a lot of our modern-day vices were remedies back in the day. Yeah. And I love that. I love the idea. There's an archive somewhere that I stumbled across once. Which is why I know the logo for for heroin was like a Valkyrie 
Yeah, I love the idea that back in the day, oh, here is our medicine. But now in our modern days, we go, oh, no, those were hardcore drugs. I can't believe that people were using that as medicine. And I'd like to think that like a 100 years from now, people are like, man, can you imagine that they actually sold NyQuil in stores? That's (laughs) insane. That shit will fuck you up. So I just love the idea of like uh, our modern day vices were old timey remedies back in the day. Ladies, are you hysterical? Well, have no fear because we have an anti-hysteria device right here. It was just invented by a scientist named John Q. Vibrator the <laughs> Third. And then in 1898. We here at the Bayer Corporation know that you're sick and tired of catching the common cold. So why not try our newest drug to combat a cold? Heroin. (laughs) And I love that. That they legitimately sold heroin as like a cold remedy Mm -hmm. from 1898 to 1913. Oh man, my cold is gone. So is all of my possessions. (laughs) Yeah. And like but look, okay, okay, look, but but you so can't say great. you can't say it didn't work, right? I don't have a cold anymore, and also I don't have a wife, man. Okay, but we... those are called side effects. Side effects. Yeah, <laughs> and also. In 1847, there was an awesome remedy for asthma attacks. Okay. Came up with a medicine to combat asthma attacks. It was called Kimball White Pine and Tar Cough Syrup. And spoiler alert, the main ingredient was chloroform. So FYI, the next time I have an asthma attack, Somebody better be sneaking up behind me with a goddamn cloth. <laughs> you know, if I'm having a hard time breathing and you don't chloroform me, do you even care? Yeah. Do you even care? How dare you not chloroform me? Yeah. So the cocaine wine, Vin Mariani. It was touted, of course, as a miracle wine, a cure-all, a tonic. This is no ordinary wine. It increases mood. It increases appetite. It increases energy. It's the go-to tonic for athletes and creative artistic types. Uh, And this might come as a surprise, but a wine mixed with cocaine was a huge hit. (laughs) Our man Angelo... Uh, uh, did something real smart. He's like, okay, I'm going out here touting the benefits of my cocaine, of my Coke wine. Yes. But uh, it, no one knows who I am. So he got like crates of the stuff and started sending it for free to any big uh, famous person, any big time celebrity or 1800s uh, version of a famous person he could uh, to drum up publicity and support 
you know, and and the next big thing, next thing you know, you see all of these uh, big time names drinking it and hyping it up in the press and writing testimonials, including legendary French novelist Emile Zola, Thomas Alva Edison, who claimed it helped him stay awake. Huh, funny how cocaine will fucking do that to you. <laughs> Hi, I'm Thomas Edison, and I drink Vin Martinelli wine. It helps me stay up so I can do more experiments. I've been drinking a bunch of the stuff, and I feel great. I've been awake for two and a half days. I created the light bulb. <laughs> and another famous person who drank cocaine wine was Ulysses S. Gant, who loved drinking Vin Martinelli cocaine wine. I'm assuming he drank the cocaine to forget the pain of the fact that you were named Ulysses. Yes. Damn. I've been drinking Coke wine, too. Fuck. That's not a name. That's a punishment. <laughs> and then, boom. It carries the... a lot of baggage, too. It does. You it know? does. That's a rough one. Like, I, like I immediately go to the, to the ancient Greeks... You know? But, yeah. like, I gotta stop over at the Civil War, too. Yeah. You know? Hey, let me introduce you to my son. His name is Cosby Galindo. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Didn't think that one through. Name came with a bit of baggage. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, um, suddenly, so Vin Martinelli cocaine wine is riding high, and then suddenly, boom. The big time. Our man Angelo gets a phone call. Who is it? It's Pope Leo the Thirteenth. Okay. Who is one of the oldest popes in the long-standing history of professional competitive poping? Okay. I remember as a child waking up early. Uh, in March to watch the March Madness uh, Tournament of Popes and to see those popes out there giving it 110% trying their all yeah, you know, until there was finally just one pope that ruled them all a big fan of competitive poping yes and guess what uh, Pope Leo wants to advertise the wine so Pope Leo's face, the Pope's face, starts appearing on ads. And the Vatican even awards Vin Mariani with a gold medal. And uh -huh. wow, Bunny, Bunny, you're not going to believe this. We've got an exclusive what? here at the Pope on film. I was going through the Vatican archives, like I like to do every other Thursday. And uh, I found a commercial they made. Okay. This is an actual commercial that Pope Leo XIII recorded for Vin Mariani cocaine wine. And I've got it right here. Hold on. Let me, uh, let me just get it uh, hacked into the mainframe. Okay. Are you ready for, uh, for this commercial? Yes. Okay. It's really good. Hold on. Let me, let me press play there. It's-a-me, the Papa! Uh, 
Hey! Hey! Uh, Opa! I don't know. Uh, what are Mario noises? Wahoo! Yippee! I'm an Opa! Mamma mia! Ma thank you! Maxwell with the save! Mamma mia! It's an Opa! Hey! You wanna get fucking blitzed off your ass? Yaha! Well then try Vin Mariani cocaine wine. It'll get you blitz like a mofo. Yippee! <laughs> so that's the commercial that I uncovered for Vin Mariani poke wine. Now obviously they don't make Vin Mariani cocaine wine anymore. Or do they? Because Story of Vin Marion wine and uh, the only cocaine-infused wine that was sponsored by a pope. Uh, it is not a story that a lot of people have heard of, but you may have already tasted a version of Vin Mariani wine. Because nowadays, Vin Mariani cocaine wine is best known for being such a big hit when it came out. Being such a big, massive smash hit that it had inspired a, a, an American pharmacist to say, okay, well, we're in America now, and I'm an American, and I am a pharmacist, and I have created a brand new drink no one has ever tried before. 100% new. No one's ever tried it. Original idea. Created by me. And no one else. And my brand new, totally original drink is... I'm just going to sell Vin Mariani wine. I'm just going to get the cocaine wine and sell it. But I guess I got to change one thing. Okay, so there's this thing called caffeine. Yes. Uh, and I'm just going to literally get Vin Mariani wine, make my own bottle, just pour that alcoholic cocaine shit into my bottle, slap a label on it, add some caffeine. There you go. Uh, no. I'm creating knockoff Vin Mariani wine, uh, alcoholic, and now it's got a wine and cocaine and caffeine. Yes. That's like 50 Red Bulls. Yes. That's some insane shit. So the American knockoff Pope Coke wine starts selling like crazy until Georgia passes prohibition and the makers of fake Vin Mariani wine says, fine, we'll make it non-alcoholic and call it Coca-Cola. What? Boom! Twist ending! Out of nowhere! No one expected it! You just got Shyamalan! <laughs> because if you want to know how Vin Mariani papal coke wine tastes, just imagine alcoholic Coca-Cola because literally that's what it was. Okay! Because Coca-Cola was to Vin Mariani wine what RC Cola was to Coca-Cola. Yes. So Coke is literally just off-brand papal Coke wine. Interesting. 
Interesting. Yeah. Now, but yeah. now, but now, okay. I, I think cautions would have to be made to not do something like all this all the time, but that sounds like a fun fucking afternoon. Yeah, it does. <laughs> let's just get let's just get like a Mexican Coke, and we'll put uh, like I don't know uh, vodka and cocaine in it. Shake it up. Yeah. Drink drink a few of those down. We'll wake up next Tuesday in a barn, dressed as Edie McClurg from <laughs> Golden Girls. And we'll have a tattoo on our back that says Mingo. Yes. Yeah. Thanks, Pope. Hey, no problem. Yeah. Here we go. I'd just like to say something. Yes. Um. Actually, now I hope that Pepsi Man actually defeats Copeland. Okay. There you go. So that's uh, uh, Steve's historic approximations for this week. It was about Pope wine. Psych. It was about Coca-Cola the whole time. And yeah. you didn't expect it. So uh, uh, be sure and join us next week for more uh, educationally uneducational fun with Steve's historic approximations. Do, do, do. And cut on that. No, 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 we're not done. We're not done. We're not done. But I like your moxie, kid. Uh, Bunny. Yes. We still have a movie to get to. We need to talk about Hunky Boys. Okay. We need to talk about uh, Shudder, unfortunately. We need to talk about uh, Trauma Pictures. We need to talk about um, Roger Ebert. Fuck Roger Ebert. Okay. I know he's not alive, but fuck Roger Ebert. But before we get to any of that, maybe we should take a break. Should we take a break? We should take a break. I didn't ask you, Eleanor. Yeah. I asked Bunny. Yeah. I asked Bunny. Yeah, we can take a break. Uh, you need to get your baggage and you need to check it. And while you're at it, you need to check yourself before you wreck yourself, girlfriend. Uh, I concur with Bunny. Not with Eleanor. I concur with Bunny. I, we, I also concur with Bunny. I don't concur with you, though. I concur with Bunny. I don't concur with you. I concur with Bunny. Mm. I concur with that. <laughs> now I'm confused. I concur. Wait, let me... No one can concur with anybody. We're done concurring. No concurs. We will. That was wonderful. That was all. <laughs> we will be right back with more of the Pope on film after this. Do 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 do
Rebels! Rebels! You can't tell me what to do. You're not my dad.
Beautiful Treasury Mail, $7.98 for album, $9.98 for 8-track tape to Slim Whitman's. Box 2525, Grand Central Station, New York, 10017. Be sure to do it now. This special Slim Whitman collection is available through this offer only. Rush, $7.98 for album, $9.98 for tape to Slim Whitman. Box 2525, Grand Central Station, New York, 10017. Slim Whitman, Box 2525, Grand Central Station, New York, New York, 10017. Anybody want a peanut? Come back next week, and I'll go give you all the peanuts you want. Ago, a nameless evil was imprisoned in a place far beyond reach. Hurry up! If he were ever to be released. It would spell certain doom for all existence. Is that fear I smell? Your planet will be torn to pieces, and I will Mimi, treat your as I Is this yours? Be? Oh my god. The gem of Paraxidite. Whoever wields it is able to command me. Go over there. And wait for us to come back in the morning. You will suffer an eternity for this! Bye! Mom, Dad, I want you to meet Psycho Gorman, or PG for short. I will bathe in your blood. Don't worry. Be worried. Slow down! He's 
gonna kill everybody, not unless I tell him to. What did you three maniacs get up to? Um, this is getting a little weird. This sick game must come to an end. She will enslave the galaxy into endless servitude. Kill him! Cool. The ultimate evil has awoken. There's a new god in town. And his name? Psycho Gorman. It was nice meeting you. It would be nicer if you were dead. Alright, bye. And we're back with more of the Pope on film. Act three, buddy! Act three! Act three! Yes, buddy, my friend, it is time once again uh, for us here at the Pope on film to country line dance our way into the third and final act of the show. And it is said third act wherein we finally and eventually get around to discussing our low-cost, fat-free, super-absorbent, dolphin-safe and available exclusively for through this limited-time offer. So order now, movie of the week! And this week, we discuss the 2020 family-friendly, gory horror comedy... Psycho Gorman! Okay, yes. Technically, yes. the movie is called PG Psycho Gorman, but yes, Psycho Gorman. First off, there's one thing that I just want to get out of the way now because I feel that we might heap um, a bit of praise onto this movie and we might not, uh, we might forget to talk about this, but first off, First off, this is a Shudder movie, except unlike every other sh original movie made by the streaming service Shudder, I give a shit about this. <laughs> I don't care for Shudder. Shudder is a streaming service that is specifically... Uh, just horror movies, and I understand why Shudder exists... Netflix's horror, uh, they, they suck for horror movies. Hulu has a really good collection of horror movies in, in September and October, and that's it. So I can understand why a streaming service would be out there uh, devoted exclusively to horror, but I feel that... Um, I like horror movies, but I wouldn't consider myself a horror buff well, because it's a cult. May I predict, and I'm really only going to go like five years on this. Okay. What's going to be really cool is you would be able to get a package with like HBO Max, you know, uh, either Netflix or Amazon Prime, Hulu, Shudder, 
you know, maybe, maybe, maybe CNN streaming for about 20 or so bucks. Yeah. ESPN. In cable, cable television with a different name. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Like, like we said, hey, we want uh, Hulu. So we're going to subscribe to Hulu. And then Hulu said, thank you for subscribing to us. Here's ESPN and Showtime. And we're like, we don't want either of those. Yeah. We didn't sign up so we could watch competitive curling. Yeah. I mean, or, like... Or whatever's on Showtime. No, we just wanted Hulu. And they're like, well, you're getting these two streaming services as well. So what I... What I yeah, what I see happening in the next five or ten years is exactly what happened to the WWE. Hey, we're a new streaming service. Hey, we're not doing good. So now we're a part of this streaming service, and eventually there's going to be like three main streaming services that own everything. So it's like, hi, welcome to Netflix. Also, the home of Shudder now. You know? Yes. That the little streaming services are going to die and get bought by the major streaming services, and and it's just going to get gobbled up until there's just like three or four streaming services that own all the streaming and I, I, I it, it, Shudder's just not for me it seems to be for horror movie buffs and I'm yeah. not a horror movie buff I'm a horror movie fan but I'm not a horror movie buff also I can say this so I'm just gonna come out and say it hashtag horror buff so white <laughs> When you think of a horror movie buff, you think of someone with a bunch of movie posters and a bunch of white skin. Yeah. Usually. And 300 black shirts. Okay. And I'm just not that guy. So Shudder has never been for me. I'm, but, I'm interested just not enough to get another fucking channel. I'd be interested in a trial, a free trial subscription for 30 days or like a week or two to try it out to see what they've got, but like, I I did that with CBS for fucking Picard and I got burnt on that and got charged 65 bucks. That sucks. So fuck yeah, that. I, I I barely watch Netflix, so I'm I don't think Netflix, but just for horror movies is for me. Yeah. But uh, they did a good thing in purchasing the rights to this film because I love this movie. Bunny, your thoughts on this movie? I really, really liked it. I don't know if I'm ready to cross over into love yet. Uh, but it was it was a great concept, and it was a very different kind of movie. Yeah, you know, like we kind of kicked around a little bit earlier about about a trauma vibe, you know, and I I kind of thought about it. 
this movie is like a trauma movie, but good. But good. But good, yeah. You know? This is like a trauma movie, but unlike a trauma movie, it's got the, like, charm and quaintness of a trauma movie, but it's lacking the whole, wait, we're still a trauma movie. Let's shove a bunch of uh, tits and book in here. Yeah. And, uh, oh, here's a punk band. Here's a metal band we got. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're going to be home too. Here's a scream queen we got for a weekend. She's going to be in this. Yeah. And Lloyd Kaufman as newspaper agent. Yes. So so it's like it's 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 not a trauma film because this is good and I could watch this a bunch of times. I have watched this a bunch of times. But it it doesn't have the things that I hate about trauma films. Okay. But it's got a trauma vibe. Yes, because, like, this movie is going where it wants to go without, oh, is this going to be commercial, or is this, they're just like, you know what, fuck it, we're making a movie. Yeah. I was thinking of making some sort of video compilation uh, last night. I was thinking of making some sort of video compilation of like the unsung heroes of cinema, yes. the heroes, fathers. Okay. Like this Father's Day, let's remember the heroes, fathers. Yes. Because if it wasn't for those fathers, and this would be like a perfect. I showed Natasha that that monologue that that the father has when he's talking about uh, the baseball cards. It, it, that scene is just fucking brilliant, and I love that so much. Yeah, so much. I read a review uh, from Variety where they called this film Marvel Meets Trauma, and that got me thinking about the trauma connection. I think it 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 feels more trauma than Marvel. I don't feel any bit of Marvel in this. No. But I felt that Variety was right with the trauma connection, but not yeah. in a way that means that this is a trauma film. Because it's not. This is good. Yes. This is... Despite the fact that this is an intensely gory film, it's also wholesome and quaint. In a way yes. that I can't really explain. Wholesome and quaint for... This movie, every character is opposite of its normal trope. Yeah. And they're all basically bad guys. Yeah. Regardless of how cute that awesome little girl was. Yeah. She kind of sucks as a person. Yes. And her whole family sucks as people. Yeah. So, you know, why not help the demonic force from another planet that your daughter has control of? Ah, oh, I I love that dad. 
Like I love that that loser deadbeat dad. Big fan. Big fan of his. Did Shudder finance this? What exactly? Okay, pick it up Uh, somewhere. This uh, let's let's skip to stats because this would never survive a pitch meeting. Yeah, this is a Canadian horror movie by a Canadian production company called Astron Six. And they specialize in very low-budget 1980s retro grindhouse-type films. They made the 2011 film Father's Day. Okay. And it was like a Father's Day horror comedy. And then in 2016, they made a horror film called The Void, which was okay. And it had Knives Chow in it. Yeah. And I had never... I, I had never seen her in anything else, and it's like, holy shit, that's Knives Chow. <laughs> the movie uh, was was financed by the company, and it got some buzz uh, going around uh, the film festivals. And then its big break was going to be it was going to have its uh, a showing at South by Southwest, and people are like, this is the film to watch. This is this is going to be picked up by a studio, and this film is going to be playing in theaters all over the place. So be sure to watch Psycho Gorman at the South by Southwest Film Festival, summer 2020. So uh, that got fucked up. Yeah. And instead, it was purchased by Shutter and released online, and uh, and yeah. It was the rights were purchased by Shudder. Okay, so th- so this movie was already finished. Yes. Okay. And Shudder bought it and brought it out into the world. This film has a ninety-two percent on Rotten Tomatoes. It's a good-looking film too. It is. It looks all right. Uh, Pandora, the uh, white robot, uh, Power Ranger. Power Ranger character, she looked damn good. Yeah. Some of the other ones, they they all had a Power Ranger villain look to them. Yes, yes, they yeah. did. Well, Pandora, but they were looked unusual good. creatures. It was a brain in a fucking jar. Yeah. I'm a big fan yeah. of brains in jars. Word. Uh. Uh. Bunny, do you, do you want to... Why don't you hit us with the plot? Because you're so good. Oh, I will be fucked if I know. So, so... There are these two kids... For your plot explanation. Yeah, it starts with these two kids, a boy and a girl, their brother and sister, and they're playing a hard-ass game of dodgeball. And they're both really aggressive it's towards each other. It's invented themselves. It's like silly ball, or I yeah. forget what the name was, but yeah, yeah. And, and the girl particularly is is really getting animalistic with the game. And I was like, I I'm just enjoying watching her, you know, you know, just a little girl with like no yeah. bitch is just doing what she wants. <laughs> With a vengeance, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, then... Yeah. 
something happens, you dig in a hole or something like that, and she finds the brooch, and then there is the demon from hell from another planet, uh, from planet Gygax, I'm sure that was a nod somewhere, um, yeah. and I forget his names, because Psycho Gordon is good enough for me. Or whatever. Um, and he's a he's a horrible, horrible dude. Like I forget I forget the scene where he came came from, but he didn't he just like kill a couple of fucking people? Yes. Yeah. But anyway, she uh, he is now under her control. He is from another planet. Uh, where millennia ago he was enslaved by by this other group, uh, the the group that we don't like with the white lady. We don't like them because they're they're all the good ones. We're following the bad guys here. Uh, so so they kind of paint him as like kind of a freedom fighter for a bit, but he's yeah. still a scumbag. Like he's not a hero. Yes. This is Thanos. Like, like Jeannie asked me what it was about. It was like this little girl has got control of Thanos, basically. You know. Uh, yeah. Jeez, and then a lot of weird shit happens. <laughs> you know. Uh, and then some more weird shit. He happens. kills some people. We come across like. Elves? What were though they exactly? Little hobgoblins uh, that like used to worship them. They don't, but like, like they're kind of at the point where they still worship them, but sort of like in name only. So yeah. when he shows up to basically be their god again, they're like, "Yeah, you know about that." <laughs> We're really kind of past you. Things have been a lot better since you've been gone. <laughs> We're taking turns being the leader, so no one is left out. <laughs> uh, so there was that. Uh, the parents were really, really fucking annoying. You know? Uh, yeah. And then this has the, the, the white woman and the white Power Ranger, who did have a really cool costume, and that whole like Council of Aliens thing going on, they had a lot of great looking shit right in that scene. You know, yeah, they did. The aliens were very unusual looking. You know, and like totally like amazing. None of their mouths moved. Yeah. Um, but anyway, she is going to go and put him back to whatever hell he came from. Yada, yada, yada. Basically. Uh, and they fight. And... They... They... they uh, our good bad guys win. 
Uh, but then they yeah. have to say goodbye to their demon, and and they open up a portal, say goodbye, kind of love on each other a little bit, and he walks off and starts destroying Akron or something. I don't know. Just some small town America. He's just making shit explode. The way that I kind of saw it was was uh, you have befriended me. You have taught me a lot, so. I will spare you and your friends and your family. Yeah. I'm gonna fucking kill everybody else, though. I'm still a bad guy. And he just goes off to destroy the rest of the planet, but not the girl's family and friends. And they all suck, and so they're all good with that. (laughs) My favorite part That little girl was awesome, because she was horrible. Yeah, she is amazing in this. And she gets a musical montage, mm-hmm. which I love. I'm the heckin' best. I loved that scene. They even have the psycho Gorman, like, dressing up in outfits, you know, and the girls there. Hmm, hmm, next. But my, I think it's worth uh, giving this, it a look one day. Okay. This movie has enough... Just let go. Sequiturs for me to just be in love with this movie. One of my favorite parts is, you know, the big end battle happens in this warehouse, and they're fighting, and there's blood, and there's taking parts of a uh, of the creature's body to create your own sword that you can then kill the person with and there's blood and guts everywhere inside of this abandoned uh, shoe factory and there's just blood everywhere and gore and finally the family leaves and they can't believe what they saw and the dad goes you know I remember when this used to be a shoe factory (laughs) and it's like oh my god I love this I love this so much, and the monster comes, and the, and the mom is, you know, grabs a bat and hits the monster with the bat, and the bat explodes, and the dad comes to the rescue, running out of the, out of the house, screaming, "My lucky bat!" No, I, I love this movie so much. Oh, and I, I really dug the fight scene where. Uh, uh, PG wasn't allowed to fight back until he apologized to the little girl. Yes. And that whole fight scene was great. Uh, I liked the end of the the uh, Luke's nightmare yeah. where where uh, PG is trying to make Luke give him the stone in uh, this nightmare, hellish nightmare that they're both in, and he refuses to do it, and PG like, oh, I guess I guess you, you, you won't, and then they just sort of stand there. Well, what do we do now? I guess we just wait for you to wake up from your nightmare, and they just stay there for a while. <laughs> now they just have to wait for him to wake up, and they're just there. Oh, and one of my favorite parts was, uh, like, so much of it is so weird that it's refreshing. Yeah. Like this, where the, the the cops show up, 
and one of the cops is freaking out and the other one says remember your training there's no time shoot him and it's like well wow they shot him so quick uh psycho gorman must have been a minority <laughs> yes that's how quick the police shot him I, this is an adorable movie, which is weird because it's gory as fuck. Oh, God, yeah. It, there's no skipping on the gore. Yeah. This, this movie doesn't really fit neatly into any kind of character, you know, any kind of genre. Yeah, and I tried to explain that to you last week at the end of the podcast. It's like, next week, we're watching a horror movie. It's also a family film. Yeah. It's a very gory, bloody film. It's also a light-hearted kid's adventure. Yes. Uh-huh. You know, it's like... It's, it's, like a, a, it's a science fiction movie. It, it's a superhero movie. Hostile Goonies. Hostile Goonies. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Pacific Rim Hostile Goonies. An Eli Roth film. It's 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 the it's the sequel. They're older. Their hormones are going nuts. So they yeah. go backpacking through Amsterdam trying to get laid and come upon maniacs that start torturing their goony little asses. Yeah. It's weird because the movie it is itself it, it's it's difficult to explain this movie until you've seen it because it's cheap as fuck, but in a great way. Yeah. It's dumb as hell in a cute way. It's bad in a wonderful way. Yes. There's a thin line... And this film is just... It's a dumbass movie that's really fun, and I fucking loved it. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean... It, it, it's really just its own thing. Yeah, yeah. You know, there are a lot of just fantasy and science fiction elements to this. You know? It yeah. It just doesn't fit anywhere neatly. So it's, it's, definitely watch it because it's its own fucking thing. Yeah, it's good. It's good. I like this movie. I like this movie. Yes. Um, and the film is getting great reviews. The film got great reviews. It's a uh, certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, it's it's got a ninety two percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Roger Ebert dot com hated it, but number one, he's dead. Yes. And number two. Um, RogerEbert.com hating your film is more of a good review than a bad review. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Uh, first off, Roger Ebert was a dick. Okay, yes. so jackass star Ryan Dunn died in a car crash and Roger Ebert immediately went to Twitter and tweeted friends don't jackasses drink and drive <laughs> what the fuck Roger Ebert yeah. what the hell plus he found the usual suspects and Terry Gilliam's Brazil dumb and hard to follow 
Wow. Those are, suck Roger Ebert. Those are both brilliant fucking movies. Yeah. So fuck Roger Ebert. Yeah. Damn. Damn, you tweeted that right after Ryan Dunn died. The fuck is wrong with you? Yeah. Fuck. But, I like, but, but I back just... in back in my day, like that was spoilers. Siskel and Ebert was like the next bit of information you can get about movies. Yeah. You know, you, you would catch a commercial on TV, like not even a trailer. Just a commercial on TV for the movie, you know, and, and then maybe the news might cover a movie. You know, you had Gene Siskel and uh, Rex Reed all on the different television God, when shows. Was the last time, when was the last time I saw a movie reviewed on the news? Fuck, that was all the time. Yeah. And then, you, then your next bit is you would get them on Siskel and Ebert, and you would get actual clips from the movie, and then you would also get clips from, like, Johnny Carson, and nobody else, actually, at the back in my day. Yeah. But when Letterman came on, Letterman would do, you know, can you, does this clip need any setup? <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm off on a tangent, and I know it. I just don't know why my way back. <laughs> I like this movie. It's cute and gory. It's it's cute and it's gory, and it, and it just does its own thing. And there is a story there. Yeah. And, it, and it's worth another watch because it may actually go deeper than you think on the first go. Yeah. And I've only yeah, had I, one go at this movie, and that was today. Yeah. This is an adorable film. I love Psycho Gorman. This is, this is, this is, a, this is a refreshing film. Because yes. this thing is some pretty different stuff. It goes in different routes that you wouldn't expect, and I really liked it. This was yes. really good. Yeah. So that's and, and, all that, and that little girl is just somebody to keep your eye on, because yeah, she was she was freaking amazing. She stole the show. What was her name? She's got some rough edges on her. I I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I will find out. She's got some rough edges on her, but more than competent job, especially for this kind of a movie. Yeah. So that's all I've got this week for this movie. Next week, we're watching a movie. It's on the shared cough cough. But I have instructions, Bunny. Uh-oh. Watch the movie. Okay. Afterwards, you can look up the director and see what else he's done. Okay. But not before you see the movie. You've got to see the movie before. Okay? Okay. okay. Don't look up the film at all. Okay. We're watching the... Well, I'll, I'll, I'll wind up looking up, like, the cover art, the movie poster, 
and I'll see some scenes from it. Like, I'll, I'll mostly be doing images for my graphics and stuff. Hey. But. Not even but, that? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I might I have know. to watch it tonight then. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. But we watch it, watch it, and then look up and see who the director is. It's important that you don't know who the director is before you see the movie, is what I'm saying. Okay. Okay, very important. Gonna be a surprise. Oh. Okay. So it's a 1990 film called Night Killer. Night Killer. What? Night Night Killer. I predict Darren McGavin. Darren McGavin. Genie's making a prediction. Darren McGavin. Uh, we we will see how that works out. Huh? Ghht Killer. It's on our shared uh, cough cough, and uh, yeah, just watch it, and then afterwards you can look up and see who may or may not have written and produced and directed the film. So, okay. But you got to watch the movie, okay? Tommy Wiseau. <laughs> no, no. And he would look exactly the fucking same. No, no, it's not him. No, it's not him. It's not him. But <laughs> it should have been. No, it's not him. It's, <laughs> okay. it's not him. He has no part in this. This is 1990. This is 1990. Yeah. Well, that's why we so, make it uh, freaky. Yeah. So that's next week. So next week, we're discussing Night Killer. But now that I'm looking back at this week, oh man. Uh, like, like I'm, I'm picturing in my head Tommy Ugh. Wiseau reemerges once every 20 to 30 years, makes up a <laughs> fucked up movie, and then goes back to. Like, he's Hollywood's it. Yeah. Then he goes back to sleep, has a clone do the little guest spots for him. And then reemerges like thirty years later and makes another fucked up movie and goes away again. Yeah, you know who does the same thing? Alex Moffat. Yes. Just tied the whole podcast together. Yes, you did. This podcast is like a rug that someone peed on. It really ties the room together. Yes, it does. So now that I'm looking back at this episode, man, the highs and the lows. Uh, Alex Moffat is at a Costco. There's two different Dave Thomases. Thomas Edison is on Coke. I gotta say, I think this has been a pretty good episode. This has been a damn good episode. Oh, good. I felt the same way. I felt the same way, but I didn't want to step on your toes. You're the one who sort of gives the film that dis- the the podcast that distinction at the end of the episode and, and yes I concur with your assessment good sir so until next week I have been Bunny Williams and on behalf of uh, Maxwell Eleanor Natasha and everybody else in this house I just want to say thanks for listening and we will see you next week you godless friends and you something cuts. You wanna Lego? say Lego and Legos? There you go.
and I, 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 and and you computer chip. Okay, Eleanor, you want to say something too? <laughs> and you poop on a cookie. And you poop on a cookie. Okay. Poop on a cookie. Do, 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 do. Do, 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 do,